I'm Risa Williams, and this is the Motivation Mindset, where I talk to successful and productive people about how they manage their time. I'm the author of The Ultimate Time Management Toolkit and the upcoming book, The Ultimate Self-Esteem Toolkit. And I'm also a therapist and productivity coach in Los Angeles. Today, I'm talking to Andrew Lawson. Andrew is a publishing professional, a book author, and a translator. He's best known for his best-selling 2014 translation of Casanova's memoir, Story of My Escape from the Prisons of the Republic of Venice. Today, we'll be talking about how to use accountability to track progress towards your goals and how to take digital breaks to increase your productivity. So thank you, Andrew, for joining me today. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. So you are a book author, a translator, and a publishing professional. And I just asked you before the show how many books you wrote, and you weren't even sure because you've written so many. So talk to me a little bit about all your books. Oh, thank you. Um, Yes, I started uh, self-publishing in 2012 with a collection of my short stories that I sort of submitted to magazines and competitions over the years. And they sold okay, so I started doing other little bits and pieces, uh, including a series of translations of obscure French out-of-copyright adventure thrillers based on this detective called Chancock. They were massive sellers in France in the 1920s and 30s, but now no one in France has heard of them, let alone anyone else. <laughs> uh, so that's been my, my major project over the last few years. But I've also written some comedy science fiction, some comedy horror um, and I've also written a number of books about my little black cat, Bushimi, uh, solving crimes on the mean streets of Barnes, because I've <laughs> become the kind of dreadful person that writes stories about their cat. Um, but yeah, my, my biggest, my best seller is a tra- another translation that I wrote in 2014 of um, Giacomo Casanova's uh, memoir of his escape from uh, the Leds prison in the Republic of Venice in uh, 1755. And it was was a a book that he wrote towards the end of his life. And we obviously we know about his his massive, huge memoir, which does mention the adventure. But this book about how he escaped was a huge hit all across Europe in his own lifetime, but it was never made available widely in English. Um, So I found the reference to that one day and I just pounced on it and uh, that did extremely well. So that's probably my my biggest book to date. So you're writing all these things, translating all these things, and additionally, you're working a day job. So I know when we've spoken about time management, some of the tools that come up are how do I juggle all these things while maintaining a regular job? Yeah, it can be um, it can be a real challenge. Um, the The job is fairly defined. I'm lucky I don't have to work much over my you know nine to five hours uh but squeezing in the writing and i also do a bit of acting here and there not as much as i'd like but you know um so there's sort of various demands on my time and uh, you do feel you're sort of pulled in different directions it is quite difficult to keep up the pace and the energy on all those elements yeah Um, obviously the day job does kind of have to come first and it's fitting in as much as I can around that is the challenge. So talk to me about when you've gone off track time management wise with managing all these different tracks that you're on and keeping all the projects moving forward. Where do you tend to get overwhelmed? 
I think um, a lot of the time it's um, it's around deadlines for the uh, for the day job when we're closing issues of the magazine that I work on. Uh, that is when um, the the day job will start impinging on the home life, and um, because I'm I'm a bit I hop around a bit, and <laughs> I tend to move from project to project. Um, so it. it I'll be recording an audio book of a Shontcock translation and I'll be trying to write um, a new Detective Dainty Paws novel. And then uh, I also review um, local community theatre plays for a, a, a theatre blog uh, in southwest London. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I'll think I've got my week more or less planned out. And then suddenly last week we went off to review Noises Off in Richmond mm-hmm. Theatre and uh, you know that that's a couple of days sort of taking out the the schedule right. you know one night to go to the theater and see it and then to to actually write the review of the play as well um so it's it's kind of these these sort of wild card things that get thrown in from time to time sort of upset the balance yeah, the flow and do you sometimes have trouble predicting how long a writing or creative task will take cuz i work with a lot of artists and sometimes that's the trouble is that they have themselves on a schedule but they're not giving themselves adequate amounts of time to sometimes complete all those things yeah um with the writing it's it's particularly uh tricky to be honest yeah. i've stopped doing pre-orders on amazon so i nearly got myself into a lot of trouble i thought i'd be able to finish the book in the two months that i had as a pre-order and uh, <laughs> uh you know I, I had to i had to step back from that uh, because of various things came up and I, I just couldn't meet the deadline. Um, so I guess what I learned from that was to try and avoid deadlines where possible. <laughs> Maybe don't impose such harsh ones upon yourself when you don't need to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's things like the uh, the theatre reviews are, are the same. Um, sometimes we'll we'll see a show and I've got to review it and I've got to get the review in the next morning. And I think, well, I'll do that before work. Uh, so then he's got it nice and early and everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it just, for whatever reason, just does not happen. Uh, the, yeah. the words don't flow. And um, yeah. So that's something we all struggle with as writers and artists is this idea that, you know, we like deadlines to a certain extent, because if you don't give us deadlines, it's just endless time and it's hard to motivate ourselves. But as the deadline approaches, we kind of do this dance with the deadline of how much procrastination can I get away with versus how much is going to sink me completely and throw me off course and work with writers. They often sometimes like procrastinating because it puts that extra pressure on like you said, oh, I'll just wait till tomorrow because I know I'm just going to focus. But if we're doing that consistently over time with many different projects, that's when we get ourselves into trouble. Yeah, I mean, I've had days where I've managed to write 8,000, 10,000 words, and they've, they've been pretty good words. I'm pretty proud of them. <laughs> um, but I, I couldn't do that every day. That That's sort of like maybe once a year you can have that yeah. kind of day. And uh, <laughs> I think part of the problem is because I know I can do that if I have to. I, I do sort of try and I'm constantly trying to boost my own productivity to a point yeah. where it's, it's probably not sustainable. So tell me some ways that you've learned to balance yourself with managing a day job and having creative projects where it doesn't feel like that overwhelming all the time. What I've tried to do is I've tried to learn to um, do tasks at the most appropriate time so i mean i mentioned recording audio books earlier uh if i'm recording audio uh i'm in this little spare room that i'm in right now um it's it's actually pretty quiet 
but you know if we we're doing this just a couple of hours earlier there'd be noise from the playground outside mm-hmm. uh so you know I, I found that if i'm recording audio it should really be sort of uh during during the lunchtime is a pretty good time and sort of later at night when everything quietens down a bit we are under the heathrow flight path as well which is oh great. wow <laughs> um, so I know that there's times where don't worry about audio. You can't do audio now. So or you have to time it in between right. the flights. <laughs> you can only do it in bursts. Um, but but yeah, it, it's and and like I mentioned with the, the play reviews, um, I don't start work on the day job until nine in the morning. So if we've been to see a play uh, in the evening, we get back. I don't know half nine, ten o'clock. I try and get a few sentences done before we go to bed, um, mm. and then. I will try and get the review done before nine o'clock in the morning because then I can get it over to the blog owner. He can have a look at it, make sure he's happy. And um, and then it's sort of off my desk and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of what I try and I try and sort of fit things around the best time to do the thing. Um, what I like about what you're saying, though, is it's like this becoming more mindful of when am I mentally clear enough to focus on this? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there's also in your book, the intensity task meter, uh, the task intensity meter. And uh, I mean, for a long, the longest time, I, I thought of audio, you know, I've done a bit of acting. Um, and I, I thought that recording audio would be something fun that would be very low intensity. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's really not. I've got, no. to, I've got to make sure <laughs> everything's silent. I've got to set up all this equipment. I've got, you know, I've got this yeah, it's um, it's taken me quite a few audiobooks to to really learn that that I need to sort of pace it to one, maybe two, if they're short, chapters a day, and that anything more than that will just um, well, I'll end up having to spend longer editing it. You know, I, I get sloppy and I make mistakes, and it, yeah. it becomes counterproductive. So yeah. So how has putting the phone away been a strategy that you use? It's it's been brilliant, and it's something that's uh, evolved quite quite naturally. It's not something that I particularly set out to do, and I think I just realised that um, because we, you know, I, I still do it, but I try and do it less. You know, we we all we're watching television, watching a film or something. We've got the phone in the hand, with doom scrolling. We're trying to sort of divide our attention, and I, I started noticing that I was um, concentrating a lot more, taking a lot more in on on stuff that I was watching, stuff that I was doing, um, but also. When I was um, when I was working on my creative stuff on my writing, um, I'd have my phone in the other room so none of my day job people could call me because they don't always <laughs> respect the boundaries. And yeah. Um, and yeah, and it's because just having it there, you know, if you just get a buzz from a notification, whether you actually look at it or not, you still know that it's there, and yeah. it, it, it does break the concentration. So uh, I, I do try and. Uh, keep myself as, as far away from it as possible, to be honest. Yeah. I like how you're saying that because even if we're not actually looking at the phone, the phone's ability to interrupt our flow is that intense, right? We just hear it on the charger buzzing and suddenly we get this jolt of stress sometimes like, oh gosh, who's trying to reach me or what is it? And it's we crazy. lose our and focus. And sometimes it's just right? telling me that it's tidied up an app that was using too much energy <laughs> or something. And I'm like, well, I, I, <laughs> or it's a spam call or it's anything, but our brain automatically makes the assumption, oh, it's a negative thing. I have to go and look at it. Right. And then we've lost our focus. And when you're a writer, that's so hard to get back into that flow state 
where you can focus, you lose track of what sentence you're typing and sometimes the idea is gone. So give me the top three time management tricks that you use. I mean, we've mentioned the digital break and the uh, task intensity meter, but I I also use Pomodoro a lot. I, I don't actually have the timer. I just set a timer on my phone. So uh-huh. there you go. Um, but uh, <laughs> that counts. I use sort of writing sprints online with with writer friends. Um, I find social media is a double edged sword. If you start talking about other talking with other writers about your writing because it can turn into a wonderful conversation but you haven't actually done any writing we set a timer 15 minute sprint just how many words can we get down and we're all sort of cheering each other on for accountability and that kind of thing and then we have the break and then we have the procrastination chat about our writing (laughs) until it's time to go again you know I love Um, that I love that you use a timer and that everybody's doing it together because there is that accountability, which we really need to get things done. It is. It's brilliant. I mean, I it can get a bit competitive sometimes, <laughs> which I'm not sure is is wholly healthy. But it's it's usually it's just pretty positive. Everyone supportive. Uh, it's it's accountability. Um, you know, it's it's really good. So I, yeah, I like the the Pomodoro uh, timer is is great. Basically, mm-hmm. um, I also I'm keen to start working with with music more the the music motivator oh good Um, you read that chapter too well it's it's something that's been on my mind because when i was at university um i always listened to a specific song before i went into an exam nice what song do you mind sharing yeah yeah it was uh let ropes and sing by the manic street preachers so for those of you who are listening who haven't read the book there's a tool called the music motivator where you pick a song and you make a brain association with a specific task athletes already do this to get pumped up for competitions and as andrew's saying he did it to get pumped up for exams and i, I later used it for interviews as well still the same song if there's if it anything that i felt i needed to be on on sort of top form so I, yeah, I started playing it before going to interviews in, in my sort of 20s and right into my 30s. And uh, um, just as a sort of bit of a positivity, bit of an attitude boost, really. Um, and it's something I really want to try and explore further. I know we talked a little bit um, before about tracking goals and being accountable for goals. Do you have a way of tracking the steps you're taking each week as you're moving forward on all these things? Um, I've got a spreadsheet that I use as a words tracker, uh, specifically for, for the writing. And I aim to have, uh, about 500 words a day. Um, but I, I'm kind of realistic about that. So I'm like, mm-hmm. as long as it's over the course of a month, if it averages out at about 500 words a day, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Um, and does and that I, keep I, you on track kind of knowing you have to put it in a spreadsheet? It really helps. I've been doing it for sort of three or four years. Um, the one thing I've noticed is that when I really when I'm really writing a lot, I, I stop bothering to fill it in. It's difficult to sort of have a, an overall sort of tracker thing because I'm doing the audio and, and, and various other projects as well. Um, so I try and record and edit three chapters of audio a week Mm -hmm. and um because the books that i'm doing have a fairly set number of chapters i can i can sort of i keep an eye on that and i i kind of work out when i think i should have finished the recording and um uh yeah and i i sometimes i manage that and sometimes i don't (laughs) 
I think it's so important to track your small steps that you're hitting over a longer course of time. I know you said you've been doing it for a few years. I have too. And I, when I look back on years where I felt like there were periods that were slow, just looking back on my old notes and seeing, oh, well, I was taking three steps a week or I was hitting those goals. It gives you this bigger perspective of time where you can pull back and think, oh, things are getting done. It's just, we get so locked into, I didn't do enough this week. And we don't really pull back and say, well, in a year, I'm sure I can finish that book or in a year I can do X, Y, and Z. I mean, I I never thought that I'd be in a conversation where I someone would ask me how many books I've published and I honestly didn't know. And I, honestly <laughs> don't know. And I, I will have to count because it's, you know, it's ridiculous. That I don't know. And that's um, just proof your system is working. Well, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got one spam phone call too many today. Uh, and, Threw uh, you off uh, track. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. That time was, for a phone uh, timeout for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed talking to you and all your tips and where can people find your wonderful books? Thank you. Um, yeah, my books, they're all available on Amazon under the name Andrew K. Lawston. Uh, the K is pure affectation. Um, <laughs> and I'm currently producing audiobooks of my translations of Arthur Bernard's 1920 Shoncock novels. Um, so if you look at Arthur Bernard or Andrew K. Lawston, you, sh- you should find me pretty well. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening today. Some takeaways from my talk with Andrew today. Try to determine when your mental energy will be best to do the task you need to do and schedule it accordingly. Use accountability and goal tracking to map out your progress when working on projects. And learn to put the phone away and take a digital break when you want to focus on being productive for a few hours at a time. To learn more about the Music Motivator, which we discussed here today, Tune in for the next episode of The Brain Boost, where guest host Erica Curtis and I discuss music and how to use it more effectively in everyday life. For more information on books and upcoming episodes, please visit RisaWilliams.com and click on podcast. I'm Risa Williams and we're out of time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.